Nick Talks Music. All right, what is going on, everybody? This is Nick Talks Music, the podcast. First ever, episode one. And uh, this is going to be a bit of a mixed bag type episode. I, of course, want to give you guys some background on me, who I am, and uh, also what to expect on this podcast going forward. So, you know, I'll dive into a little bit of my background and what I think gives me the right to be uh, some sort of critic or voice in this music culture. And I won't go too far in depth or give too many specifics because I want a future episode to be about my journey in and out of the music industry, just because I think, you know, uh, people's journeys are important, especially to those who are interested uh, in this industry, in this business, uh, from any viewpoint. So a lot of specifics will be uh, held off until a future episode. Um, And this podcast, uh, just off the bat, it's going to be an unfiltered look into exploring music, the industry, and of course some current event topics. I'll try and minimize the amount of bullshit I throw in, but you know, you can't make that kind of promises. So uh, a little bit about my background. Clearly my name is Nick, uh, or else I named this podcast wrong. I grew up in Newburgh, New York, which is uh, in the Hudson Valley area. And I went to college in upstate New York at SUNY Oneonta, or Oneonta State College. And that's real upstate, by the way. I know some pricks down in New York City and Staten Island who think uh, I'm upstate. I'm not upstate. I was an hour car ride from New York City. Upstate is Oneonta, is Albany. Get farther up there, Syracuse, Plattsburgh. But anyway, anybody from the tri-state area knows uh, that conversation. So anyway, that's where I went to school, got a great education uh, in the music business. That's what my uh, degree is in. I was at uh, Legacy Recordings under Sony for a little while. Uh, I did an internship at uh, a big top 40 radio station in my hometown. Uh, I was on air and did some production work. And uh, my first real job was uh, at a performing rights organization right in New York City. I did that for a couple years And then I hopped in and out of the industry for about 10 years, honestly. Um, You know, when you're out of college and you get your first real job, you know that whole time period of, you know, what jobs are better than others? Where do I fit in? Should I get a job closer or farther away from home? So, you know, I went through that whole time period uh, in and out of the industry, trying different things. But ultimately, it led me to where I am now, which is a director-level position at a nonprofit music organization uh, down south in the Carolinas here. And again, you know, my journey where I've worked and where I've ended up will be its own episode, so I'm not going to expand too much on that right now. But uh, like I said, people's journeys are important, and who knows who can learn what from it. Now, a little more about what this podcast will be. Again, it's just going to be an unfiltered lens topics of types of music that are out there, the business, the culture, and I'm also going to provide some great interviews. I've been lucky enough to make a few connections through the years, so you can expect to hear from some radio personalities, some musicians who have found different levels of success, and also some industry executives as well. So it'll be cool to get different points of view about different areas of the industry. 
And so what I hope for, for anybody who listens, whether you're the casual music fan or people who fancy themselves music heads or insiders or whatever, is that you maybe get an expanded view of the topics that get discussed or even get some new ideas or thoughts that you never had before about, you know, certain areas of the music industry. What I hope to get out of this is I hope I learn along the way as well through research, through the interviews that happen, and generally just kind of talking out my thoughts. You know, I think on both sides of the coin, this is going to be a a cool, positive experience. These episodes will probably vary in length, but the goal is to produce concise episodes where I throw some thoughts out there, we hit some talking points, and it's easily consumed. You know what I'm saying? So without going further into my background again, which we'll hit on on a future episode, we can dive in to the topic of this podcast, which is the good old days of the music industry, the good old days of the music business. You know, I think there was a purist type view to how the music business used to be viewed, and it's somewhat justifiable. Old record labels and radio stations had audition rooms and more or less an open door policy. You know, and we're talking about the 50s, 60s, 70s, Sun Records in Memphis. And who came out of there? Johnny Cash, Jerry Lee Lewis, Elvis, Roy Orbison, etc. You know, Johnny Cash just strolled right into Sun Records one day. (laughs) Just walked in. What did he have? He had his talent. He had his personality. And a bit of luck, which you always need. He didn't have a demo made or a website or a YouTube channel to show anyone. He just walked in and wanted a shot. And Cash just showed out with his style and his lyrics and the music he wanted to make. So they let him cut an EP. They put a song on the radio. And next week he was doing shows. And then the shows got bigger and bigger and so on and so forth. That's the possibilities of how it used to happen. That was the possibilities Back in the day, the quote-unquote good old days, to do that was possible. To make a statement, to impress somebody in an office, and then have your career take off, you can't do that these days. Do you know what it's like to try and just stroll into a record label these days? Have you seen those buildings, how they're laid out, what you have to walk and go through? Good luck getting past the lobby or security, for that matter. What about a radio station? You got a demo and you want to try and get it on air. Same thing. You're not getting past the person at the desk. Everything now is overproduced, overpolished. The industry just has no connection to the fans. You know, it's from the the 50s, 60s, and 70s to now, it's just turned into this big machine with gears and more gears, right? Man, I'm just thinking about when I was interning years ago at Legacy at the Sony building in uh, New York City. Just this massive, massive building, right? Just big, big lobby on the first floor, security. And of course, you had to take an elevator to get anywhere to any offices, right? Whether you're an intern or you work there, you got to have a badge. If you're a visitor, you got to have a visitor's badge. You got to have a reason. They're going to call the person you're coming to see. It's just amazing when you think about it, the 180 
that the industry took. It almost was like in the early days, the good old days that I'm talking about, they welcomed new artists. Oh, you did us a favor. You you came to us, and we like it. Now it's a, we'll come to you. We'll give you a call. We'll find you. Don't worry. If you're good enough, we'll find you. Like I said, there was just, I personally think, this huge lack of connection. So for a long time, that power of proving yourself was lost by the artists or the producers or DJs or singers or whatever you wanted to be. The formula turned into executives and an A&R team in the 80s and 90s and whatnot. They would pick and choose who was the next big thing, who would get a shot, who would get signed. Demos start getting thrown out. The formula from big business, from big record labels, was to crank out singles, get on TV, tour your ass off, make sales. Business started booming. That formula worked. So they say, all right, let's accelerate the process over and over and over. And you start getting into the debate of art versus commerce. It's tough. I get it that businesses have to make money. Where's the authentic nature? That factor starts becoming less important. What starts becoming more important is shaping and molding these artists who are going to be the face of these labels. Do you know who Lou Pearlman is? I'm sure plenty of you do. I believe he's no longer with us now, but late 90s, early 2000s, his name was everywhere. He basically famously helped pimp out NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys. He was the crazy promotional monster who produced these worldwide successful boy bands, right? Stuck to the formula. What were the boy bands doing? Cranking out hits, touring, doing appearances. What was Lou Pearlman doing? Him and his company were taking the biggest cut out of all the deals. So these bands were basically getting a sad percentage of the millions of dollars they were bringing in. That right there is how nasty the underbelly of the industry got, right? That's just the most famous example, but it was happening left and right because major record labels were getting bigger, deals were getting bigger, business was getting bigger, and that's what happens. You start cranking out more product. And so that's why I kind of revere the older days of the music business in a better light. But from there, what happened, right? Around that time, this boy band time, Lou Pearlman, all that junk, you know, the internet, the digital age. So thank you, YouTube. Thank you, SoundCloud. Thank you, MySpace. Thank you, Facebook. Thank you to hundreds of other resources. Studio equipment has never been cheaper. There's never been more software available to produce and make music, to record. Now you can save up and produce beats or make an album or put out a single at studio quality right in your house. And you have all the resources in the world to get exposure and be seen and go viral or at least get some friends and family, maybe even a few strangers, to see you do your thing. So... 
there was a pendulum swing back into the favor of artists and musicians. They were able to take some of that power back. You know, if you go viral, labels, businesses, they come knocking at your door. You don't have to pound the pavement like the old days. And so to kind of underscore this whole point, if you look at genuine, authentic artists who kind of have stayed true to their craft through the years, haven't really succumbed to the massive marketing machine and have been successful enough to where they can do their own thing. These types of artists have their own record labels. You ever notice that? But they know the business and they know the beast. They don't sign artists or bands and jam them down your throat. They don't put them in that formula of record, perform, appearance, record, perform, appearance, over and over, flooding your radios, flooding your TV. No, they get it. They don't, they don't do that. They don't overemphasize exposure and push singles out. Have you ever heard of Roswell Records? Doesn't sound like a popular record label, does it? A lot of you may not know that record label. Dave Grohl owns that record label. OK Go has a record label. White Stripes have a record label. Nas has a record label. Justin Timberlake has a record label. Now, you know, some of these bands and artists are bigger than others. You know, you probably heard of Jay-Z's Rockefeller Records. That gets into a different viewpoint of success and promotion, right? They did a little bit more on the marketing end for that. But these other bands and artists who have labels, they understand what they probably went through is not what they want their artists to go through. So, you know, there there's no more good old days of you believe in yourself, so you're going to walk into your nearest radio station, or you're going to take a car trip or a train or a or a plane bet on yourself big and try and get signed there's really no more of that but through this whole process you know the business as a whole has pivoted and went through all kinds of shifts good and bad and now like i said the artists of any kind they have the power now you can promote the hell out of yourself work on your own craft on your own schedule Pick what songs you want people to hear first. You can make your own formula now for success. But you always got to have that little stroke of luck, right? But the capability is more than ever. So like I said, the business has shifted in a lot of different ways. But present day, it's nice to see artists, DJs, singers, musicians, whatever, be able to help themselves and have all the tools in the world to succeed. I'm very pro-artist. I was a bit of a songwriter back in the day. I still uh, mess around with that. And there's all kinds of resources for songwriters as well. All kinds of contests that you can enter. All kinds of clubs and programs that can help you with your songwriting or getting exposure, networking. And that's true in a lot of forms of uh, artistic expression, whether it's music, whether it's actually art or performance, whatever. And make no mistake, I know a lot of people in the music business, right? In different forms, different areas. And for especially musicians, not everybody wants to be a star. Not everybody wants to be on Billboard 200 or going to the Grammys. Sure, that's nice. 
and that's a huge level of success and whatever, a lot of musicians want steady gigs. They want to tour. They want to perform. They want to make music. And they want to put food on the table. So again, the way I talk about the industry being a monster, it kind of took that capability away from the artist as well. I'm not going to get any kind of deal. I don't need to be your number one artist, but can I make this a profession? Can I make this a career? That's all a lot of artists want. So that's why I emphasize how nice it is for musicians to be able to put themselves on, to get gigs, to make money, to provide for them or their family. So it's a good place, I think, right now that we're in with everything that's on the internet, everything that's digital that you can do for yourself. And that's pretty much where we are current day. The artists have a lot of power. The industry still has plenty of power as well. But now more than ever, they're having to, again, pivot and realign their focus with what's going on online. So we'll see where it goes from here. But it's interesting. There's always a lot going on. The one thing about the music business, there's always a lot going on from a business side, from an artistic side. So I think I'll leave it there. I'm going to try and keep these episodes concise enough where it's a nice one-shot, listen, get yourself some information, think about this discussion. And some episodes will be longer than others. The interview episodes, because I think there'll be a lot of good content there, will be longer. But yeah, I think we did it for episode one. I really appreciate y'all going on this ride with me. You know, there's plenty more to talk about. We're always going to have something to talk about. I'll start cranking them out. Hey, like Dre said, till the next episode. Nick Talks Music.